Good morning, Misfits. You are tuning in to episode 12 of the Misfit Project. I am your host, Drew Crandall. Across from me, as always, Ted. Ted, how are you this morning? Doing well. Loving um, life. So I got the inspiration for this episode. Um, this episode is four tips to help you survive travel because I was just traveling. Um, and I was actually going to record this podcast while I was traveling. But I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when you put your AirPods in and talk to yourself alone in a hotel room, it is very odd. And I've actually recorded stuff before where I was like holding my phone or holding a microphone. And there was something about that that made that feel normal. Like I was doing something. I was talking to something. Right. But I was sitting there with my headphones in talking to myself. And um, the... Uh, the results will never see the light of day. I can tell you that right now. Um, but it just just didn't feel right. But we're getting you guys a another you know week in a row of a podcast release, and it's only a couple days behind when we normally do. So I figured get back in the studio, have someone to actually talk to, do it right. Keep that momentum rolling. Keep that momentum rolling. That's actually something that's extremely important right now is – you guys are doing such a good job of staying in touch with us and letting us know how you're doing and, you know, kind of putting in, I really like the Instagram story thing. Um, it's sort of now what social media was back in the day. Social media back in the day was like, I'm just going to tell you what I'm up to. Right. And now it's like so commercialized that like you feel dumb putting like, like I'm going to the store, like right. anywhere right. else, even on Twitter. Well, people don't use Twitter, but if they did, I feel like it would still, you'd have to put out like a profound tweet for people to like, like it. Twitter's mostly trolling now. Yes, yeah, trolling sure. and celebrities. People post links and then get trolled about the links that they post. Yeah, exactly. So um, I love the Instagram story for that. I think it goes back to the actual community aspect that was part of the original idea of social media where like you can just check in on your friends. Like you get friends all over the world you can click on that little thing and they, a lot of the time, if they're not like super fancy pants, they're just showing you what they're doing. Right. I'm going yeah. here. This is a thought on this. This is a, you know, even the pictures of food thing. Um, it's easier if you can see it for a quarter of a second and tap next yeah. and go through that. Yep. So you guys have been tagging us a ton at the misfit dot project on Instagram. And I love it. I love that people are getting into this stuff. I love that people are holding on to earlier episodes. That's one thing that I was really nervous about. Like, as we move on, will people move on with the subject matter, um, right? And maybe leave something behind, right? Most, I mean, most of the posts that that I've seen are kind of referencing some of the earlier podcasts, even essentially the first real podcast, right? That tribes piece, yep. Which is so awesome because that's the one where, from my point of view, if I think that you know before we got started that people were only going to be interested in nutrition. And I had to really try really hard to hold their attention prior to that. But now, like most of the stuff that we get tagged in is people outside. And that's yep. super important. So thank you guys for that. That gives us the momentum. You know, the little messages about how much you like the podcast, how you share it with other people. That's going to help with our momentum. So we're essentially sitting here trying to convince you to create your own momentum. And then you guys kind of breathing that back at us saying, like, I like this. I want you guys to keep going you know, maybe think of this topic. Can you expand on this? All that stuff helps a lot. It's not, I'm not just saying that. Right. Um, We're not just talking into microphones to hear ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. It's actually really weird when my phone auto plays the Misfit Project. <laughs> I don't like it very much. I mean, I'm not as bad about it as I used to be because we do so much other media. Right. Um, but it's still kind of weird. Like when our YouTube channel is up out in the, the coffee bar area of the gym and I can hear myself talking in my office. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's always strange hearing your own voice. It is. It's, it's way different than you think it sounds. Yeah, it sure is. So before I get into the actual four tips, I just wanted to talk a little bit about my experience with travel, Ted's experience with travel. Um, we have traveled a lot over the past four years. A lot. A lot of different places. Um, I would say that we've had some morsel, whether tiny or large, of a positive experience and everywhere that we've gone, but it's still travel. It's yeah. still there. It's still this like uprooting of your routine and everything that you do. Still packing up, leaving home. Yeah. Unpacking, repacking, dealing with airports, dealing with people. Yeah. It's still the whole, the whole thing. 
So one of the core concepts here is going to be the positive and the negative of travel. And that's actually going to be tip number four. So what I want to ask you is how do you see that side of things as you've progressed through travel? What have you added into your travel routine? Either that's just part of your travel routine or maybe it's something that you do at home. That's the first part of the question. And the second part is what is still an issue? So, I mean, when we first started traveling, it was, I've grown up in a way that traveling wasn't like a big thing, especially when it came to flying places. When we would travel, it would be like, we'd drive a couple states over or we'd drive up north and do like a canoe trip or something like that. So dealing with the whole airports and and people and all of that, there's, for me personally, uh, being A, claustrophobic and B, having a little bit of social anxiety, dealing with airports and sitting in an airplane are two things that are not necessarily my favorite things to do. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the early and it kind of, it kind of still translates to today. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety kind of around the airport experience. Yeah. Um, I've tried to kind of combat that by, uh, you know, getting to the airport earlier. So I'm more comfortable sitting at the gate, not adding the stress of running around. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then as far as like being away from home, uh, one of the biggest things that I've done is bring my blue blocker glasses and my sleep mask. Um, because in hotels, even if you draw the, the, the blinds that are light blocking, you still get that sliver of light. Um, so having my sleep mask kind of allows me to sleep into the time that I need to sleep in the morning. Um, and having those blue light blockers, typically we'll be sharing a hotel room with somebody and maybe somebody's watching TV later than I typically would or something like that. Uh, those blue blockers really help my body get ready for the night's sleep. Yeah. Just like at home. There's actually research too on these things that we do to get ready for sleep. If we actually keep them just for sleep, um, it's not even about the melatonin response. It's about your body realizing that that's what we're doing. Conditioning. It's conditioning. Yeah. yeah, Because there's um, a sleep sound machine that I use. I believe it's called the ohm and and we can link to it, but it's um, essentially just this like whooshing noise. It's sort of like a loud fan. And the research behind it is really cool because essentially what they're finding is the brain waves that would kick you into that uh, parasympathetic nervous system and allow you to get into a nice sleep are turning on with the sound Hmm. because they've been conditioned. So that's where that concept comes from of creating that like, like your sleep domain. Like this is, this is when I walk into this room, it's nice and dark. There's some good air circulation. It's a little bit cold. Um, that's teaching your body to sleep while you're there, as opposed to making it where you sleep, where you do your work, where you watch TV, right. where you do all of these different things because your mind is wondering what stimulus is coming next. Right. And it's, you know, sort of like guessing as it goes through that. Um, for me, uh, it's funny when I'm when I'm thinking about right when we get ready to do a podcast, I'll just think a little bit about what I'm going to say for each topic. How how would I start this? And unfortunately, each topic I was going to begin with. This is the number one thing <laughs> that I have changed. Um, so I can't do that. But I feel very strongly, and this actually we're just we'll, we'll get started. Number one on the four tips to help you survive travel is hydrating. Um, for me, I would travel and would essentially one or two days in or maybe even right off the bat have that like scratchy throat feeling. Right. And I related that directly to immune system. And we're going to get into that, don't worry. But you get the, you know, you get the the air circulation is great in a hotel, the air circulation is great on an airplane, but the air is very dry. Right. And that is a lot of where that is a lot of where that like dehydration piece came from. Everything's super dry. Um, if you are from a humid climate and you go somewhere that's dry, you know, we are from a, a fairly humid climate most of the year and it's, it's challenging. It can be really challenging. Like I moved for college, I moved up to Colorado for four years and I had a humidifier on all the time, Yeah, like created like a jungle in my room. And that was really important for me. Um, So when I made that connection there, I was like, there has to be another reason. 
once I started hydrating a lot more when I traveled and I felt like, okay, this makes sense. I'm not drying out as much. So there's something to that. But, um, you know, our hydration recommendation has so much to do with thirst. And I'm like, why can I drink so much water when I travel? When I'm on an airplane, I can drink three bottles of water. Yeah. If I tried to drink three bottles of water right now, I would feel like I was, you know, being tortured by like, I don't know, <laughs> someone. And like, so like I can't put that much down. So it doesn't make any sense to me that it's just the fact that it's dry. And when I looked into it, your adrenals actually have a lot to do with the control over electrolyte balance and what to do with water to push it out when you're taking a pee, to keep it in, to send it to this place, to that place. Stress is a massive part of travel and overacting adrenals can screw that up. So that connection there just made so much sense to me. So it's sort of like both areas. Like, yes, everything is just a little bit more dry and that really bothered me and the hydration helped that specifically. But then that piece of I'm actually literally dehydrated and not just, you know, dry throat or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. And that is directly linked through a bunch of research with just stress in general, overactive adrenals. Um, so obviously for me, I know that I need to try to counteract that stress, but I also know that dehydration and stress go together now a little bit more. And that means that if I'm more dehydrated, there's a pretty good chance I'm stressing my body out even more. Yeah. So it's like sort of like a negative feedback loop. And a lot of times that we travel specifically, we're traveling for work. So we're getting to a place and we've got stuff to do. We have to, you coach, I'm generating media. Like there's a lot of thinking involved and the hydration piece, you can tell pretty quickly if you're not hydrated specifically with travel because, you know, thinking is harder. Yeah. You move more slowly mentally. Your voice starts to go. Yeah. Like we're doing the training camp and if I don't hydrate properly, I could be like by right. like Sunday. Right. So I found that, you know, before getting on the plane, grabbing a couple of water bottles at the whatever convenience store they have in the airport and dropping a couple of noon tabs in there is hugely beneficial. And it's kind of like a, a night and day experience when you don't do it versus when you do it. It is. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and what he's talking about, for anybody that doesn't know, Noon is N-U-U-N. They make electro, electrolyte tabs, and they actually taste pretty decent depending on, on what flavor you get. And if you have your own water bottle, I know that a lot of places now have that that like nicer filtration system where you just sneak your water, water bottle under there. Um, it's really important, guys, not to take this so literally that you chug so much water that you you know sort of push your electrolytes out again. So he's talking about the Noon tabs. If I don't have those... A lot of places will have uh, San Pellegrino, which is um, which is uh, seltzer water, essentially with the minerals in it. So if lightly you, carbonated, lightly carbonated, but it has the minerals in it. So if you're traveling and you don't have electrolytes, that's fine. Look for mineral water. And what's good is a lot of places that you travel, especially if you travel outside of the United States, is mineral water is like the water. Like a lot of the places that you go, when they bring you still water you know, in a bottle or they bring you carbonated water in a bottle, it's mineral water. Yep. So just, you know, that's another thing you could do. You could at a restaurant, ask for, you know, do you have any bottled water? And it sucks because they charge you like $6 for a bottle of water, but um, it's, it's better than being stressed. That's for damn sure. So tip number one is to stay hydrated. Um, and yes, it's based on thirst, but I want you to take it a step further. I want you guys to test your thirst. So like, I might be sitting there on the airplane and like, oh, I'm not thirsty. But then I chug a bottle of water and I'm like, I could chug another bottle of water right now. <laughs> so that might just be one of those things where it's like, I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about something else. I'm listening to a podcast, reading a book, yep. you know, watching something on Netflix or something like that. So make sure you still go based on thirst, but that you actually, you know, make sure that you know whether you're thirsty or not. And then always make sure that there is some form of electrolyte unless you're drinking with food. If you're drinking with food and you know that there's a decent amount of you know sodium content in the food, you should be good. Um, that leads me to the like ultra nerd portion of this. Traveling with pink salt is always a really good idea. And they make pink salt packets. They make these creepy little vials that you can throw in your pocket that you know you'd literally be that person with their own salt at a restaurant. If I'm gonna feel better, I don't really care. I'm not gonna lie. So 
I can take a pinch of that, put it in water, and that's essentially the same thing. Or you can say, okay, so I did get whatever tap water or soda water at the restaurant. Um, I can take my little vial out or my little packets or whatever and you put that on your food and then you know that, that you're getting there. And ladies and gentlemen, do not be scared of actual salt. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, like 4% of the population has some blood pressure issues when they get too much uh, sodium, but a lot of that is linked to that garbage that we learned how to like create um, not too, too long ago. Like that, like the Morton's that doesn't have the iodine in it, that kind of thing. Right. That like true table salt. Like, yeah, that stuff's not so great for you. Um, but if you, you know, have sea salt, if you have pink salt, anything like that, that should take care of it. Moving on to tip number two for four tips to help you survive travel is supplementation. Um, we talk a lot about this journey with the Misfit Project going through making sure that you're getting fresh air, spending time with people that you enjoy. You are auditing your relationships. You are checking in on your stress three times a day, sleeping well, nutrition. You've got your movement, and then you supplement. Well, I'm giving you guys a pass here a little bit with travel um, because we're putting ourselves in scenarios where we don't really make the rules all of the time. Right. So... With supplementation, I recommend that you know what you are going to need when you travel. So before you travel, think about where you're going to be able to get your food. Do you need to bring some sort of meal replacement? Um, think about, you know, maybe the quality of food. Do you need supplements that are sort of like your insurance policy? Um, really try to think about what's going to happen when you travel so you know what you can bring with you to help supplement that situation. The biggest mistake that I see people make with this is they have this like crazy like, you know, Ziploc bag when they travel of all of these supplements. They did not take those supplements until they started traveling. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. We need to prioritize immune system building before we leave. We need to beef that thing up before we go. We know for a fact that that flying metal tube has, you know, kids puking on their mom's shoulder and, you know, people coughing and so much junky air, so much junky air. Um, but to be perfectly honest, your immune systems are a little bit more under attack more because of the stress, because once you get to where you're going, it's not like there's some sort of magical difference and it's important to note that if we build up our immune system, we should be able to travel, to stay in hotels, to even go on airplanes, to be around this stuff if we're ready for it. But if we're not ready for it, then we add the stress. You know, we talked a lot in the stress episode about the fact that our immune system essentially shuts off when we're in our sympathetic nervous system. Our body's like, nah, you know, we're again, this is, you know, from evolutionary biology, we think we're going to die. We're not, we're just, you know, traveling. We're just a little bit stressed out. So we're shutting off our immune system. So we need to make sure that this is nice and robust so that when it is on, you know, it's, it's helping. So making sure that your immune system is ready for travel goes right back into all of the stuff that we already talked about. The sleep piece is so important. If you do not sleep well, you're going to be stressed out. You're going to be in that haze all day. It's going to be really hard to get in the parasympathetic nervous system. Make sure that you guys are prioritizing that wake up and go to sleep at the exact same time for a few days before you travel. Try to set yourself up for success. The second, you know, sort of two pieces to this that go together are fasting and bone broth. Um, fasting is immensely important to making sure that our immune system is functioning well. Um, and there's, we have an entire episode on the intermittent fasting and we talk about, you know, what's kind of actually happening there. So I won't bore you guys with that a second time. The bone broth is big to sort of like end the fast. When we come in with something that is so nutrient dense and so good for the gut right after we fast, our body's ready for it. It's ready to take it in. You know, it's sort of like the sponge is dry and it's ready to soak something up 
as opposed to the sponge being soaking wet. You dump something on it and it just right, goes right. all over the place. So the bone broth after that is really important. Um, we keep saying that we're going to do it. I promise that we will. We will do a little YouTube video for you guys on how to make the bone broth. But I promise you it is extremely simple. And if you got the dough, you can go to a place like Whole Foods and they have um, epic bone broth. My favorite's the beef jalapeno. That one is like so good. Yeah, that one's really good. And you can actually um, order that, I believe, in like four or six packs on their website. Um, and the price drops a decent amount. Um, so that's really good. Another thing, and this actually isn't even in my notes, um, that's really good for travel is they have liver bites. Epic does. And essentially They're so good. They too. are good too. That's the thing. Like liver, whew, not so, not so tasty. Yeah, but I they, don't know if I agree with that. They put a, if you had the liver that me and Cody were trying to make, well, Cooking with Cody is, is a dangerous. That's a dangerous venture. Listen, to, to, that's to my that's my my two experiences are the epic <laughs> bites and those. So, the what you're essentially what you're doing is you're throwing like a good travel snack. You've got just a Ziploc bag of beef jerky, but it's got a decent percentage of grass fed beef liver in it. So, you've got something that you can actually eat, super nutrient dense. Um, so that's something that could work really well. Um, but they do have they do have that bone broth at a lot of Whole Foods. They've got uh, Kettle and Fire. They've got other companies that you know. I can't vouch for you know a company that I haven't used before. Um, but you know, looking at it, you'll know. You know, you're looking for stuff like organic, grass fed, like that kind of thing. You want to make sure there's actually vegetables that were put into that. That's that's very important as well. So, the bone broth and the fasting, we've talked. Now would you with with regards to fat sorry with regards to fasting so in the run up a yeah. couple of days of a fast yeah but then into the travel period fasting as well I like to fast while I'm traveling based on hunger levels okay I find that I get those blood sugar swings more when I travel mm -hmm. part of it I have theorized we are always because we live on the east coast when we're trip typically traveling west that the time screws me up. So by noon, I've been awake for nine hours. You got to get up at 3 a.m. to go to a 5 or 6 a.m. flight. Yep. Like, I think that's why. Because then as I get through the days and I get back on track, like when we're at a, at a training camp, it bothers me none not to eat lunch. So that's part of it. But what I don't do to myself is it's 10 or 11 a.m., but I have been awake for seven or eight hours. If I get really hungry, I don't I don't need that added stress. Right. I'll eat something. I'll make sure it's super high in fat. I'll make sure that, you know, it's good for me for the most part, you know, unless I'm like on vacation and I'm, you know, eating letting, tacos, letting loose a little bit. Um, but for the most part on those travel days, I just allow myself the stress. I can just feel that it's higher and you start to get, you know, your body's like, help, help. And I just kind of give in to that a little bit. I'm kind of excited because we have an upcoming trip. Uh, we leave next week for Iceland. And it's only recently that I've been actually tracking my fasting. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how that affects that travel. I mean, it's a pretty short trip traveling east, though. But it's Typically weird. is harder. It's weird, though, because we always leave at night when we go to Iceland. Yeah, we leave at night and we get there at like 5 in the morning. But I'm excited to see how the fasting uh, affects my body and my temperament, I suppose, yeah. while, while we're traveling. Definitely. And that's one of those things where it's not just with the fasting, it's not just going to be about the food. It'll, it, it, that stress response is really important. Um, and I don't want to give, I keep wanting to jump into tip number four, but I won't. Um, <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. So one of the things that we talk about at length, again, no affiliation. I just like the product is the Onnit Virutech. They have the um, vitamin C a lot of people know immune system, vitamin C. That's probably the number one thing if you would ask someone. Uh, vitamin C, zinc, selenium. So that is something regular vitamin C intake um, prior to travel is really important. Right back to another one that we recommend. If, guys, if you already have this sleep stack, just keep it rolling. Yep. If you're doing the Virotech and the magnesium, the natural calm, just keep it rolling. Just keep doing what you're doing. And you can understand that if you are doing what you're doing and it is helping, how it would help as we transition into a stressful period. Right. That just kind of makes sense. 
um, the next product is something that I have started using personally. Like when you're in this sort of health and wellness community and you hear the same thing over and over and over and over and over from different people, you start to feel like it's less salesy, especially when the person doesn't have like an affiliate link, Mm -hmm. like anything like that. It's just, I heard about this. I've been taking it. It's made a difference. I started taking um, my community host defense and I believe the company is host defense. Let's take a look. And the my community refers to the fact that it is a community of a bunch of different um, mushrooms. Okay. Yes. The, co- the company that makes it is host defense. And we'll put a link to this in the show notes for you guys so that you can find it. Um, but so host defense, my community is a proprietary blend of mushrooms, not psychedelic mushrooms. No. Um, you know, the mushrooms you would see a little bit more often now, you know, Rishi, Chaga, like those, that, that sort of concept there. And I get sick when I travel and by sick, I just mean, I just, I don't know, energy's down, a little bit of a sore throat, that kind of thing that happens to me when I travel. Um, I don't know, 25% of the time I've been taking it for my last three or four trips and the coast is clear so far. So, so far, so good. It was recommended enough that I wanted to try it and it is going well for me. So that's one of those things where I can't sit here and tell you guys about a peer reviewed study on this. Um, but I know that this company is, is very smart in what they do. Very serious about what they do. The dude have, wears a mushroom hat Wears a hat made of mushrooms, literally. He's an interesting fellow. He's a very interesting fellow. The kind of guy that you would be like, all right, I mean, you could make my supplements. <laughs> like, you seem like you really know what you're talking about. Um, so, host defense, my community, that's, that's, that's one. Another is one that has been recommended 10 times as much that I have personally never used, but I felt like it was not cool not to mention it. So... This is uh, life extension enhanced zinc lozenges. And the problem with a lot of zinc supplements is the specific path that they take and the bioavailability of them. And if you don't know what bioavailability means, it's just like um, there's, you know, protein and like metal, you know, probably not going to eat metal, probably not going to digest it. Bioavailability is being able to pull. Don't don't eat metal. Don't eat metal. Don't do that. Be actually being able to pull these things out of the food and use them as opposed to take a handful of multivitamins, pea lightning green, and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So this zinc is specifically designed for cold defense, the common cold. Sure. Prevention, shortens it, that whole thing. That is is something where um, I know that like three or four members of my family use it and they all work together. So when people get sick at work, they start taking it. They don't get sick. My mom won't take it as far as I've heard the last, and she does get sick. So that's their N equals one or two or three, whatever okay. Okay. experiment that's there. Um, this is recommended by a guy named Chris Master John. Um, super, super, super smart dude. Really does his homework. Um, doesn't like BS, doesn't like things that aren't completely backed by science. Um, general recommendations aren't really his thing. He's very specific in his recommendations. So just something that I trust. Um, one other one that is I have studied extensively. Um, we've got an episode down the pipeline where I have taken every single supplement that I can find, put it into a list and researched all of them. And it is long. It is really long. This has taken me a long time. And I'm at, I think the last place I was at was like R or P in the alphabet. Um, So I'm getting there. But what I've done for myself personally is pulled the ones out that were like, holy crap, so much research on this, so much positive research. And for anyone who had like one of those, and I did not have this, but I know other people that have, that had one of those like hippie grandmothers that fed you all kinds of wacky shit the supplements and whatnot, there's a good chance she gave you echinacea and there's a good chance she was actually right about that. (laughs) And I don't know about the bee pollen and the whatever and the chia seeds. I do know about the echinacea. Echinacea is the only thing that I have found where they show the research 
that it prevents a cold and then shortens it if you do get it. And it's cheap. It's really cheap. It's just, you know, they grow it, I think, yeah. and chop it up. and Like a flower extract, right? Yeah. yeah. So you can get you can get the extract, and I believe the extract is diluted in alcohol, um, and you just do a dropper. Mm-hmm. Um, I have both the dropper and the pills. I like to travel with the pills because the dropper sometimes opens in my damn toiletry thing, and then yeah. I got everything soaked in echinacea. TSA prefers pills over liquid anyway. Yeah. So you guys can get that at any supplement store, and I just recommend that you Figure out why you would trust a company. Like, do they have good reviews? Does it look cheesy? Does it look like they're trying to sell you something? Or does it literally just say, like, you know, life extension, echinacea, mm-hmm. something like that? So echinacea is one that that um, I probably would not have taken without that research. I was just going through and I'm like, man, there's just so much here. This makes too much sense to take, even though it's got that sort of hippie, like, woo-woo feel to it. So that right there is sort of my crash course on the days leading up to travel. And you know what? Most of this stuff is like the more you do it, the better. So it's not just like do it that week before. But if you don't have it in your arsenal and you're about to travel and you know that you get sick or you know that you get too stressed, try to pull that off. The other things that I have listed on here aren't directly related to that, but they just help with keeping a routine and that would be traveling with some form or buying once you get there of uh, MCT. I don't, I'm not, I'm not even going to get into it. I was going to get into something. I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) You can now buy tablespoon packets of MCT oil from Bulletproof. They send you a little box that looks like a pill box or a box that the pill container would be in. Mm Mm-hmm. And inside of it are the, it looks like um, you'd tear it and, and, you know, it's like the alpha brain or the coffee creamers or anything like that. You just tear the top, pour it out. That's just for me. I have been traveling with a giant bottle of, I've tried everything, little bottle, big bottle, put it in a bunch of plastic bags, wrap it up. It does work. It's just messy and annoying. Yeah. And I mean, I'm kind of messy and annoying. So I can handle it a little bit more, but it doesn't mean it's ideal, especially if I'm traveling with my wife and it's like, sorry, poured MCT oil all over your stuff. (laughs) Like if there was MCT oil all over my stuff, I'd probably laugh. Uh, Most people, not the case. So I found I just traveled with those for the first time. So much better. Yeah. So much better. So they are expensive, but I mean, how many times are you going to use, really going to use it? It's one of those things where I got two boxes and I bet they'll last me I don't know, six months, yeah, like a decent amount. Yep. And it's got the full, they had a product before that was their coffee creamer, um, but it was a little too high in carbs for me and it didn't have that much fat for what it was. So it's like one of those things that turns your coffee white. Yep. And I like actual coffee. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't that into that. That didn't really work for me, but just having that MCT and having it be a full serving because for a while I was traveling with the Quest Nutrition MCT powder, which again is great but that huge scoop is like seven grams of fat. Right. So it's like, that's kind of challenging. And that would be spoon of MCT is what? 15, 20 grams of exactly. fat. Exactly. Yeah. So with the powder, yes, I will take that and put that like into my green supplement or something where I know there's fat soluble vitamins in here and I have no fat with it. A little dab of that. That's good. Yep. Good to go. But if you're really trying to get an amount of fat in and you're trying to get that like sort of brain benefit, that little energy boost from MCT, I would recommend going with that or with my, you know, trash bag method where it's literally like two or three Ziploc bags and then you tape the cap. Like you kind of got to go a little overboard with it to make sure that it doesn't screw up. I'm sure that some people put certain things like this. You can buy those little bottles on Amazon that you would put like shampoo in typically. Mm -hmm. You could try something like that. I'm sure there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, For me though, you know, if you're willing to spend a couple extra bucks to for the convenience, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. The next is going to be, and this is all encompassing, um, is going to be just some sort of green supplement. Like it's hard to get the exact meal that you want when you're traveling. So if I know that I can go somewhere and I'm on, you know, uh, a high fat diet, I'm probably not training as much when I'm traveling. So it's high fat sometimes all day, every day. Um, that green supplement for me is just, I feel like covering my bases because you know, that all meat diet kind of a thing is not great for, you know, the gut biome. We, we want the, 
know, the polyphenols and the undigestible fiber to help create that environment down in our gut. So I like to have the greens. And then if I see, you know, the greens smoothie at like a whole foods, if it's not sugary, I'll chug that old thing down. Um, I'll get a smoothie at a counter that I know they're going to throw a handful of kale or spinach into. Right. Um, so it's really important in general to make sure that that's part of your diet, especially if it's high fat, but it's also, um, circles back to the immune system thing. Just making sure that you're getting, you know, sort of those vitamins and all that in there. I've mentioned it before. I personally choose to go with, with the athletic greens. They are expensive. Um, but they work. I, I know there's a difference is the best supplement that I've ever taken personally. It's made a big difference, you know, in my gut. It There is a, a cheaper alternative that I've used before that is also really good. Yep. Uh, it's called Vitamineral Green, um, and it's about half the price okay. of Athletic Greens. Yeah. Um, but reviews are good. I've had it personally, and it's great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So. So there's that. I know Onnit makes one. I trust those guys. I know that there's a company called Organifi that a lot of people are are backing recently. Um, enough again where it's been mentioned enough that I feel like it could be worth checking out. Um, so green supplement, I feel like super important to get that there. So again, just a little bit of a recap on the supplement side. Yes, we want you to take the path of figuring your life out when you're home before you just go to the supplements, you know, can this magic pill fix everything in the whole world? Sorry. No, it can't. I don't think people would want it to be that way anyways. Um, if they actually got the opportunity for that, it's kind of boring. So, um, with travel, that's a bit more of a free pass, you know, have that toiletry kit stocked up with a few different things. Um, actually another thing that's coming to mind now would be a digestive enzyme. If you have digestion issues, bringing a digestive enzyme, and taking that prior, you have to take it prior with food because it goes in your digestive tract. Um, we, I always make fun of Sherb for this. I got him on digestive enzymes because he was having digestive issues. He was taking them after he was eating. And unfortunately, the food has makes its way all the way down to your gut at a certain point. And if it hasn't lined your digestive tract prior, they're not going to mix. They're not really going to go together. And what's really cool about the digestive enzymes is now you can go to like a local Whole Foods, the one at home or the one where you're traveling, and the back of it actually tells you which enzyme is attacking which thing. So whether it's milk, gluten, high fat, high protein, high carb. So if there's something that's changing about your diet or something that's even the same that's just different in, you know, I don't know where this meat came from, I'm at a restaurant, and it's bothering you, and you notice that it keeps bothering you, look for those enzymes that actually have the breakdown on there. And that can be super helpful. So digestive enzymes are really good there. Um, I, I think that's it. So really just make sure that you guys are prioritizing overall health and immune system function before you travel. And then just sort of be prepared to supplement, you know, not necessarily supplements, but the word supplement your lifestyle when you travel. Give that immune system a little boost. Absolutely. Tip number three on four tips to help you survive travel is morning intense cardiovascular exercise. This one is this one is a game changer, changer, ladies and gentlemen. You get that travel fog. You wake up in the morning. You don't even know where the hell you are. That kind of thing. It's even worse than when you're at home. If that's something you deal with in the morning at home, it's sort of like when. I know this is a health podcast, but sort of like when you're hungover and you convince yourself to like sweat it out, yeah, that kind of thing. That's that's what I can. That's where the you know maybe the thought process came <laughs> from. Um, so that morning exercise, and I am specific with this. We need some cardiovascular intensity, and what I mean by that is it it could be go for a run, but maybe the run's a touch shorter and a touch harder. We're looking for that. We're we're purposefully trying to like get the like, you know, the high heart rate, yep. like that kind of thing. We're going there on purpose. And this a lot of this is N equals one. There's a lot of science that would back it up, but you just feel better. Yep. When you travel and you exercise, you feel better after than you did before. 
Yeah. Especially if you're jumping time zones. Yeah. And it's not even N equals one. It's N equals, I don't know, 200. You know, when we're talking about like we've traveled with this many people and we've given this recommendation to someone and we've seen maybe a coach or, you know, someone that's traveling with us, a media person that's traveling with us, like, hey, jump in. Like, if you're not feeling good, if this is bothering you, if you didn't sleep well, whatever, there's just something about kicking your body into that down-regulating after and you just come out the other side sort of like a different person. Right. Um, so my recommendations here, uh, I would say my go-tos when there's no gym involved, like no gym whatsoever, are a run, jog, hike, anything like that, whatever your intensity level is for your fitness level that's going to get you somewhere where you're breathing heavy or um, some form of death by right in your hotel room. So death by burpees, um, and all that means is minute one, you do one, minute two, you do two, minute two, minute three, you do three. The minute that you're on is how many reps you go for. And the minute that you fail to get that many reps, you're done. You don't like, it's kind of fun to beat your old scores, like kind of a thing. Like I was, I'm trying to think of where I was. I was on vacation with my wife and I actually did it every morning and I kind of dogged it the first day. And I just tried to add at least one burpee every day. And it got to the point where I was just, I like look forward to it. I knew that I was going to feel better after that whole thing. So I would say something like that. Um, you can make, if you're looking for a little bit more of like a masochist, you, the, the squats or the lunges, something like that. Death by would be great yep. in place. Lunges, step down, touch your knee, step back, switch legs. That's easy. Air squats. If you are, you know, used to air squats, it's the full on, you know, hip crease below parallel, stand up that thing. If you're not, it's a couch. So you go right over to the couch. You sit real close to it. You sit down on the couch. You stand up. Yep. Sit down on the couch. Stand up. Yep. And if that is not under control, you just add a cushion. So like if you're going to sit down and you hit, you know, maybe a couple inches above parallel and then your mobility kind of takes over or your lack of strength takes over and you fall onto the couch, we don't want that. Right. We want you to control both sides of it. So if that's a problem, it's an easy little hack. Just grab a you know, towels, pillows, sheets, whatever, something that lifts, you know, where you're sitting up to. And maybe the couch is so damn low, you got to do that anyways. Like I wouldn't want someone that squats pretty well to parallel to fall six inches lower into a seat or something like that. And I mean, the goal is to get your heart rate up. So if that means like a jump instead of a squat, like jumping a couple inches off the ground, Mm -hmm. death by that or jumping jacks or something that's going to get your heart rate up. If you're not strong enough or capable enough to do a burpee, which is getting down on the floor and getting back up, then just modify it. Yeah. Do something to get your heart rate going. And the death by has that built in warm up, which is why I like it for right. a get up and go kind of thing. Cause I've done get up and go hundred burpees and that's not cool, man. No, that's not cool at all. You have waves. It's like the five stages of grief during your burpees. You do like 10 and you're like, I'm a beast. You hit 12 and you're like, I can't do this. You hit 30 and you're like, I'm back. And you hit 50 and you're like, I'm not back. And you go through this crazy like mind game. Whereas the death by, it's really kind of the double digits before you start to feel anything. But at least you've warmed up the fibers. Breathing is starting to go somewhere. Has that that nice built, built in warm up to it. If you guys have a place to go to the gym, I mean, do not discriminate. If you're a CrossFitter, don't discriminate against that elliptical machine if you can use one. Who right. cares? Right. You can you let a rip on that thing, you're going to feel it. Yep. Like no doubt in my mind. So do not that's one big tip. Do not discriminate if if you're again if you're a CrossFitter and you don't have uh, something to jump on, I bet you can find something to jump on. Yep. You know, you want to do box jumps, you want to bring your jump rope with you, whatever the heck it is. Um get some movement in. And then if you do end up literally at a gym, your style of gym, the place where you would normally train, don't go through your normal routine if it's just weightlifting and whatever. Do this first, then do your weightlifting. Like get yourself back to you. Reset everything, then go into your routine. It's fine to, you know, I think it's awesome when people are like, oh no, I still got all my training in. It's not that hard. Like you just got to find a place to go. I think that's super cool. So just a recap, obviously it's a qu- pretty quick bullet point, but that doesn't mean that it's not important. Morning, intense exercise. It is a game changer. It's not that fun at the beginning. It is really fun when you downregulate and then feel way better for the rest of the day. That's that's sort of the take home there. You got to be sure. willing to to deal with the fact that your heart's in your throat 
at the beginning. But the more we get used to that stuff, the less we care about it anyways. Tip number four on four tips to help you survive travel is reverse engineering what is right or wrong about your travel with it, what is right or wrong about what is going on at home. I think this is the most important part. And it's very easy to just say that we've already been talking about it the whole time. We've already been talking about the fact that I'm not as dehydrated, so I made myself hydrated or I'm you know, stressed out, so I'm trying to try this instead of this. Um, but the actual concept is creating a lens to look through more than a specific instruction. You're creating a lens to say, tip number 4A here is looking at the negative associations that you have with travel. There's a really big difference between when I get up at 3 a.m. to travel to somewhere where I got two stops and I'm going to the West Coast <laughs> with going on vacation with my friends or my wife. Like, there's a big, there's a different mental association. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, right there, I have already decided subconsciously whether I'm stressed or not stressed before I've left my house. So this you're starting to see what this lens is. Yep. How am I looking at this situation? How am I perceiving this? Because man, our mind is very powerful. Oh yeah. If the placebo effect is as strong as like regular surgery sometimes, then we know how powerful this is. So what we need to to figure out is when we see all these negative associations that we have with travel, with what is going wrong with us, um, whether it's in your head or you actually are getting sick or your stomach actually is screwed up, whatever it is, you're actually really tired because you're not sleeping as well. We need to find out, is there a way to change this? Like, it doesn't make any sense to just say, well, that's how you feel when you travel. I think that's bullshit. I think if you look at it through a certain lens, you can at least make it better. You might not completely fix it, but you can make it better. So an example of this would be, um, I personally at a point in my life had decided I didn't want to fly anymore at all. Like I hated flying. Yeah. I used to take, um, like generic brand Xanax to fly just to be able to fly. And Ted's seen the results of it. Like, yeah. like literal zombie. Yeah. Literal actual, zombie. actual zombie standing in line at the gate unresponsive basically yeah and what's funny is you know i'm you know me and my my thoughts on the conventional medicine system but just this guy writing essentially a kid a prescription for something that turns his brain off the first time that i traveled on this stuff very very small dose my brother and i were at the airport together and i walked up to the screen and i just stared at it and the guy was like you gonna press start i was like yep and I didn't. And he was like, how many bags do you have? And I was like, one. He's like, press the plus button. And I was like, yep, I didn't. <laughs> like all, I was like, li- I was living in my head perfectly fine and not right. in the not real the outside world. Not in the outside world whatsoever. So I decided not going to, not going to travel anymore. My parents convinced me to, you know, talk to a doctor about this. So I did talk to a doctor. I kept flying, but I kept flying in zombie mode. I had one time where we got to Florida and I fell asleep for like eight hours at like 4 p.m. It's very odd. I was actually on my knees on the ground with my hands and head on a bed. It's not a comfortable position to no, sleep. it's not. Um, but I had the door shut, so everyone thought I was just taking a nap, but I passed out. So anyways, um, I, I got to a point where we had to travel so much for work that I was like, I need to reevaluate this. I got to figure this out because I had stopped taking the flying stuff a long time before. Right. I felt like it was better for me to be that stressed out and scared that I was going to literally die than take that stuff. I just knew it was wrong. I could tell, I could feel that it was like wrong to take right. for me anyways. So I was like, I got to figure this out. I got to like, what am I afraid of? What's going on here on the times that I travel and I'm not as afraid. What is it? What's going on? What are my associations? And like, I just got to a point where I let myself get used to it. I was like, I'm going to try really hard to have a positive mindset on this. I'm going to try really hard to like turn my headspace app on. They have those flying meditations. I'm going to try to do the four count breathing. 
I'm going to, when I feel that way, I'm going to go somewhere else as opposed to like thinking about like the plane going down or whatever. Right. I force myself to go there and I haven't, you know, I'm not, it's not like a 10 out of 10 now, but it's, it's literally like a seven or an eight. Like I feel pretty good when I travel because I condition myself that way. And all essentially all I did is I put, I put it on myself, this level of responsibility. That's like, if you're going to keep complaining and do nothing about it, not even try to make it better, then it's kind of your fault. So that's an example for me. Like, what did I do? How did I look at what's going on? That's negative. Other ones would be, if it's sleep, what are you doing at home? What are you doing at home? That's so much better than what you're doing on the road. And why can't you bring it with you? Right. If you're super stressed out on the road, do you have a mindfulness practice that you just completely abandon? Or do you do it the same amount and you might need to do it more or for longer? So as we go through all of these categories, we have to reverse engineer what's so much better about being home than being on the road. Try to reverse engineer that. You know, do you need to FaceTime with loved ones more while you're on the road? Is that is there like a connection you're losing? Are you lonely? Are you like a business traveler and you're alone and you know, the Texas Roadhouse and the Best Western and like all those places. So I think that's really important. Now, what could be equally as important, more important is looking at the positive. This is this vacation effect that has been studied by um, psychologists because when we travel somewhere, a lot of those vacation habits aren't as healthy and we feel healthier. Sometimes we look healthier. Yeah. Like drinking margaritas on the beach. And then you look like ripped the next day and not, you're like. Not super healthy necessarily. No, no it's it not. feels good. Yeah. But, but, but what is it? What is it? Like a lot of them talk about the out. People spend so much more time outside. People yep. say they hate being outdoors and then they travel and spend thousands of dollars in a week outside. I don't like being outside. Well, you know, no one said you couldn't bring a chair with you. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. So when we look at all of this positive association that we have with travel, the very bare bones would be, can I make a connection with the mindset? Before I leave, can I be excited? Can I find out what, I, what am I excited for? Right. I'm going to this new place. Um, you know, Jen is actually really good at like being like, hey, I found this coffee shop. Hey, I found this restaurant to go to. Well, that's, that's for me, one of the biggest things when we're traveling to locations like Maybe they're not the most exciting locations. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Right. The brownest city on earth. Yes. Brown grass, brown roads, brown buildings. There's there's no people. There's nobody there. (laughs) But ahead of time, you look like, oh, what are the best restaurants? If you're a little barbecue joint. Right. What's the best restaurant in Milwaukee? And you can kind of give yourself something to look forward to, even if you're there for work and you're not like super excited about going there. For me, I'm very food driven. Like I love cooking. I really love eating. So if I can find places that are highly reviewed or talked about a lot or have interesting dishes, like finding that absolutely is, is a thing to look forward to. Or if you're an outdoors person, like maybe there's a, a theme park or a, a park or a hiking trail or something yeah. like that. So, so when you, when you get excited about something and you create that positive association, then you can get into the mindset of like, this isn't all just work at all. And we are, you know, one thing to, to note about that, we are really lucky. We sort of travel with our tribe. So if we go to this restaurant, it was supposed to be amazing. It's still fun because we just sit there and make fun of whatever yeah. and, you know, do the thing. You know, you have like good conversation with people and that kind of thing. So, you know, what are these positive things that we can find? Um, so we're traveling, we're on vacation, you know, are we sleeping more or are we just sleeping better? Are we getting... That sunshine, like I love the feeling of, I'm not really a, I actually just got back from Mexico, um, a little place called Tulum with my wife. This place is incredible, by the way. If you ever, if you're into the like eco-friendly, like hipster vibe, and by hipster, I mean like food and stuff too. Hipster food's the best. Hipsters are amazing at making food. Especially tacos. Especially tacos. Tacos were, yeah. So- that's a little travel tip. Travel tip number uh, in parentheses five. Go to Tulum, <laughs> Mexico. If you want something cool. Um, so, anyways, uh, I love that feeling of the sun just like beating the crap out of me over the course of a day, and then being so tired at night. Like you're like it's like nine thirty or ten, and your eyes are like falling. Like, yeah. And you know sometimes you're excited to so get up a little earlier, um, but that will actually 
teach you something about your circadian rhythm. Like, how does this actually work? And it's so hard to really hack your circadian rhythm at home. I mean, we're sitting in a room right now, staring at computer screens. We don't know what's going on outside. We have no clue. No. Could be bright. Could be pitch black. I think it's still snowing. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Who the heck knows what's going on outside, right? So even though I got up at a certain time and I did this and I did that and I have my whole routine, it's not the same as, you know, I'm reading a book or doing whatever, you know, outside, sun beating down on me. So you can learn so much. You can reverse engineer your circadian rhythm by literally asking yourself, what made this happen? Was it the time outside? Was it, you know, you walked more than you normally would? And take those things home with you. Take your mindset home with you. Take new ideas for cooking home with you. Anything that you can find to hold on to that created this positive association, whether it actually truly had a physical effect or whether it was just mental, and you bring it back to your home and make it part of what you do, you're going to improve that. And then in turn, when you go to travel and it's not something that you want to do, you bring those things with you. And we're just going round and round here. So the the take home here is reverse engineering either what you do at home while you travel, while you're stressed, or what you do on vacation when you're happy and you bring it home. Yep. Put those two things together. Take control of your situation, basically. Take, yeah. I mean, that's that's it's kind of funny. Like it depends on how it's worded. But I'm telling you guys right now, taking responsibility for as much stuff as you can in your life is incredibly freeing. You put the onus on yourself. It is really stressful when you feel like someone else is controlling what you do. Yeah. And when they are, you've got choices. You remove yourself from the situation or you take control, that kind of thing. But so much of that, as we get better and better and better and better at taking responsibility for ourselves and ourselves alone, is we realize we were kind of full of shit before. The better we get, another thing we can let go of. We get better and better and better. And we're like, man, I was positive that this was so-and-so's fault. Nope. Oops. This is my fault. So the better we get at that, the easier things become. Because when you screw up, you can just kind of laugh and say, well, I don't know what to blame about myself. I do better next time. Do better next time. Like it's, I find that that's easier and it's not easy to teach because it sort of sounds like, hey, you're being a baby. Why don't you do something about it? But when you do it to yourself, when you accept it yourself, when you're the coach, when you're deciding what you're doing, I think there's a change there. Yeah, for sure. So that was four tips to help you survive travel. Um, I actually think this could be something that we're pretty damn close to being experts on. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Like if there is a travel expert, and I don't mean like the travel channel and that kind of thing, um, we've been around the block with this. Yeah, there's been a lot of months where Every weekend we were gone. Yeah. And you you learn. Yeah. You learn as you go. You know, take notes. Take mental notes. Yeah. Just be aware of your surroundings, your situation. Are you putting yourself into this mindset? That kind of thing. Um, and, you know, above all, the overarching theme here is just pay attention to what's going on and take some responsibility. Because in the end, once you actually do take responsibility, it's going to be so much easier. Yeah. So... It's the end of the episode is the time where we ask you guys to head over to Instagram at the misfit.project. Give us a follow, give us a like, maybe a share, something like that. Um, but more importantly, please stay in touch with us. I have gotten some messages, um, from people that have been trying to contact us that I don't know, I didn't see it or it actually maybe didn't come through wrong email address, whatever it is. If you guys have a question and I do not, me or Ted don't respond to it, don't feel like we're ignoring you. I promise you guys we're not. I go on there and check to see if you guys have tagged us or asked a question, I don't know, five or six times a day. Yeah. I go in and check. Um, So don't feel like we're ignoring you or just saying this on the podcast so that you'll try. Um, Just send another message. Hey, I don't know if you saw it the other day, but I asked you this question. We will get to you. At some point, we might get to a point where if we're getting 50 messages a day or whatever, we might have to reevaluate, but that's not the case right now. So if you guys have a question, if you have a suggestion for an episode, if you have anything, please contact us. The email address there would just be info at misfitproject.com. You can go to the contact form on misfitproject.com. 
I actually did have one person say, hey, I commented on the blog post. I think he might have been the first comment on a blog post. Ah. So that's something that if you guys like that avenue, if you guys want to have conversations with each other um, and we need to start monitoring that, we will. Yes. Um, and then Facebook, um, Facebook's starting to feel more and more like Twitter, like it's going somewhere, like it's dying. <laughs> but you can find us, Misfit Project, on Facebook. Um, if you guys are, are liking what you're hearing so far and you want to hear more and help support the podcast, please give us a five-star review. Um, and I know this is asking a little bit more, but actually leave a review. I want to, I'd love to hear what you guys like about what's going on Yeah. or, you know, I, this episode was so good, but he mentioned this thing and it'd be cool if they did a whole episode on that, whatever that is. Um, please leave some feedback in there with the review. That would be super helpful. As always, ladies and gentlemen, don't talk about it, be about it, go out there and do something with this. It is amazing if you are helping to change somebody else's life, but one of the best ways that you can do that is by doing this stuff yourself and having them watch. Yeah. We've got a good episode coming up with a couple of... Uh, we have a few really good episodes coming pretty, up. I'm pretty excited. Pretty elite ladies. Yeah, that's right. We will see you next time. See you guys.